Let me tell you, can I give you two guys a friendly piece of advice, okay? Don't ever go up to the drive-thru, okay? Always walk up to the counter. You know why? Okay, 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 okay. They fuck you at the drive-thru, okay? They fuck you at the drive-thru. They know you're gonna be miles away before you find out you got fucked, okay? They know you're not gonna turn around and go back. So they Are you ready? Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everyone, to Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About with Louis G. Well, that was, uh, you know you know what that was. That was Leo Getz, right? You know, when they name a guy in a movie, or when they name a guy in a book, a writer names a guy, name's important, Leo Getz. Yeah, he does. He gets it, right? Leo gets it. Leo gets what you need. Leo gets what you want. Leo gets it. And Leo Getz gets service. He really does. Because that's all he ever complains about, right? Three movies. That's all he's done is complain about service, right? He's everybody. Leo gets is everybody. Now, here's a scenario everybody goes through every day, right? Uh, your fries are missing. That's it. Your fries are missing. That's the scenario that gets everybody worked up the most. Your fries are missing. Even worse, there's no ketchup in the bag, right? Maybe not as bad, but still, you know, kind of icky. There's no, there's no napkins, right? Okay, okay, right? Like Leo says, okay, okay, they fuck you with the drive. They do. You've got to go inside. If you don't go inside, you can't give them the look, right? You can't give them the look. And if you're at the drive-thru, you feel obligated to move on, so you can't really check everything. And you want to check it so desperately, you do. But the other thing is you want to believe that the service is going to be there. Because you want to believe somebody was trained to do their job. Because you want to believe somebody cares about the money that you're spending at their establishment. And that's what customer service comes down to. And today's title for our podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is Customer Service Sucks. Right? Here's a few reasons. Okay. I just gave you one. But let's, let's keep going with that. Like you just pulled out from the drive-thru. You're in traffic. You're on your lunch break. And, and you reach in the bag, boom, no fries, right? What do you do? You know what you do. You say the F word. Then you try to determine how important fries are over the glorious 20 minutes you're going to spend in the park on your lunch break, right? That's what you're doing. You're, am I going to miss out on the grass? Am I going to miss out seeing the dogs play, right? Am I going to miss out on the sunlight because I got to go back now and pull out of traffic and turn around and it's going to take me eight minutes to do all of that. Then I got to go inside. It's going to take me another 10 to get the fries because they're never ready. And if they are, they're cold, right? They're cold. What are you going to do? All right. So that, that, that's when you keep driving, right? Right. You never go back, right? And here's why you never go back. If you go back, you're mad and you're probably uh, staving off a of rage, right? right? That's what happens. If you go to the park, you're going to eat your Big Mac and drink your soda and probably not even be mad anymore, right? The next day you go to get your Big Mac, but this time you say to the drive through person, Ready? Here's the conversation. Are my, fr are my fries in here this time? You're all snarky and shit. So, okay. Hey, are my fries in here this time? Right? That's how that sounds, right? Then, then the kid looks at you and he says, why wouldn't they be? <laughs> right? <laughs> instead of, and then he hands you the bag, right? He says, that's instead of looking in the bag, right? Why wouldn't they be? Instead of looking before he hands you the bag. So, so you look at the bag and say, because they weren't in here last time. A surely clever response, right? Because you don't want him thinking you eat there every day, okay? 
That's, that's what you don't want him thinking. And even you're not sure why you said that, right? Then the kid looks at you and says, ready? Here it comes. I wasn't working yesterday. <laughs> wow. Right? That, that's when you drive away and go, wow. Okay. You know there's something missing in the conversation, right? You know there's something missing in that conversation. Just you don't, maybe you don't get it because you're mad. The, the thing missing in the conversation is, I'm sorry, sir. Let me check your bag to see if the fries are in there. Would you like ketchup and salt and, and paper towels with that as well? <laughs> I mean, napkins, you know, what the hell? Right? This is the simplest thing. And everybody's getting mad. And you know what? Nobody's going to blame you if you're mad. Right? Nobody's going to blame you if you just fluff it off either. You know, there's only so much fluffing off you can do, right? So uh, uh, according to uh, GovTech.com, it's a blog, right? Uh, it's a blog on uh, cybersecurity and things like that. But they're talking about the decline of customer service. And I, I found it very interesting. Um, they're talking about service failure, referring to uh, not being able to perform the service that a company has promised. And service recovery refers to compensating and recovering the damage that has been done. Right? So service comes with two things. Right? It comes with a promise that we're going to perform the customer service and we're going to give you the thing that you said you wanted and it's going to work, right? Okay. Recovery refers to, right, compensating yourself for that, for that damage. Meaning, meaning compensating the customer for the damage, yes, but now you've got to compensate yourself too because somebody's made a mistake and you're losing money, right? You've got to find how to get that back, right? Money just doesn't get lost. You have to make it back. You can't take losses in business. That's not how you run a business. So as a result of staffing shortages, you know, rising inflation, pandemic-related issues, customer dissatisfaction, and frustration being at record levels, right? Expectations are now changing. As fast food is no longer fast, and help desks are no longer helpful. If you can even get somebody to talk with, right? That's, that's the whole thing right there. You know, you got to start asking yourself now, what are the factors that lead to the failure of a service company? Because service companies are failing. Companies in general in customer service are failing. And it is because of the lack of human interaction throughout the day for most people. Customer service is done on the phone. You're not sitting there in front of anybody. Um, and if you do go to the store to get customer service, your customer service is going to be rushed and half-assed because there are other customers waiting while you stand there and complain to the only cashier that's actually working, who has to go get the only manager who's actually on duty, and you're hoping somebody's qualified enough to give you the right answer, right? And that's all has to do with training coming down from corporations. It's a fucking mess, period. There's a big, bigger reason than that, and it's a simpler one, right? The major reasons for service failures include strategy of the management, leadership quality of the managers, and natural instincts of employees. Employees are um, simple, right? If you're working at Lowe's, right? And I don't mean they're simple people. That's not what I mean. I work, I work at Lowe's. I, I work at Lowe's and I sell appliances. Um, and I do that because I can. That's all. I do it because I can. I don't want any stress in my life. And, you know, I make decent money doing it, to be honest with you. And here's the thing. I'm literally the best customer service person that they have, right? Because... I've been doing this for so long at many different levels, including ownership, that, that, that it comes easy. So 
that's the po- that's the part that companies are missing. They're missing why customer service should be easy and not hard, right? That's what they are missing. Some customer service fails because of doing something and at other times customer service fails because of not doing anything, right? So you can fail by doing something and you can fail by doing nothing. Guess what? The opposite is true. You you can succeed by doing something right and you can, can you can succeed by doing nothing. In customer service, both of those principles apply, all right? Typically, when a service uh, failure occurs, a customer will expect to be compensated for the inconvenience in the form of any combination of refunds, credits, discounts, or apologies, right? So service failure is the opposite of customer satisfaction, whereas service failure can range from bad quality to rude behavior to late delivery. (laughs) These examples all result in the customer not receiving the performance that they were promised, right? So a strategy of the management uh, should be able to plan and strategize company policies and operations so that every aspect of the business is well organized to reduce the chances of service failure. So what that means is plainly, honestly, you know, you're standing there in front of a store manager at Home Depot and um, you bought a lawnmower that doesn't, that just broke. It worked for three days and it just broke. And he says to you, well, you've got to get that repaired because you didn't get the service contract. And you say, but I only have it for three days. And he says, you're only allowed to have it for 48 hours. Which is correct. Right? And you need the box. So he tells that to you because that's the company line. And that's what he falls back to. But here's the thing. No matter what the company line is, what I just said about management and service applies you're supposed to strategize about company policies. You're not supposed to adhere to the ad hoc. That's not how we do things, right? Company says, you're not allowed to return that for 48 hours. You're not allowed, allowed to return that after 48 hours. Then you got to have the box if you do return it. And the manager is standing there in front of somebody and somebody says, who keeps the box? I got a small house. I don't know where to put this shit. Why do I expect it to break down in 48 hours? All of these questions are legitimate and they make no sense. Right? Because you don't expect it to break down in 48 hours, but a mechanical object does. That's literally what they do, right? They're not made to last forever and they're not made to break down, but they just do. So that's it, right? I mean, what are you going to do? That's how companies are making their products. That's not how companies are selling them. So you're standing there in front of that guy and you're telling him, I want a new one. I deserve a new one. This is supposed to work. And the guy says, well, I'm sorry, but you, you should have you figured that out 24 hours ago. Is he right? Is he right because the company tells him to do that? You're damn right he is. Yep, he's 100% right. Yes, yes. And he's 100% wrong. Yep, 100% wrong. Yep, it's the only job you can do both in. It's the only job you can get fired for for doing the right thing. And the right thing wasn't what the corporation wanted. It was what the customer wanted, but that was the wrong thing, so the company fired you. So what do you do, right? Don't worry, I'm going to tell you how to handle this. I promise. And when I tell you how to handle it, it's 30 years of experience behind me of handling customer service issues. And I promise I, I'm the best at it. And if you think you're the best at it, we're going to have a competition, you and I, and we're going to go head to head. That's it. Call me. Right? Send me a message. Tell me, Lou, you're not the best at customer service. I am. And we're going to go head to head. And I, <laughs> I'm going to do it with you, all right? Leadership quality of managers. Well, there's quality involved in everything, right? There's quality involved in the product that you just bought. 
And that quality probably sucks because it's not made here in the United States. And that is a fact, period. Okay? We have way more regulations here in the United States that causes your product to be better than everybody else's. It also causes it to be more expensive, but, you know, that's the way it works. So leadership quality of managers and, and managers should be able to apply their leadership skills in motivating, supervising, and correcting the operations and actions in the organizations to ensure higher customer service satisfaction and minimum service failure. Well, you can do that at a thinking man's level, which is, you know, mid-level, top-level management in a corporation. But at mid-level management, which is store management, right, you're still going to be upheld to the standards of the company. And so the leadership quality of the manager depends on how he deals with rebuttals. The leadership quality of the manager when he's talking to a client or a customer only matters how good a salesperson he is. It doesn't matter how good a leader he is. He's already the leader. Now you've got to show your people that you're a better salesperson as a leader than they are as salespeople. And that means you're selling an intangible, right? You're selling customer service. They're selling refrigerators and you're selling an intangible. We got to get the intangible right. And if we can get the intangible right, there's no reason people can't sell refrigerators correctly. All right. So, and that means leadership by example. Okay. Leadership by example. It is how this works. I don't, you know, there's so many different ways to lead. I promise you. Right. But example sets the pace. All right. Natural instincts of employees. A large part of service relies on the employees as they are the one to provide service and interact with customers. So, If you're a good leader, you empower your people to do the good leadership things that they're supposed to do, right? If they have to come to you and they know the answer that you're going to give them, they should be giving people the answer, whether they're the store manager or not. And here's the thing. When you go into the store manager's office, right, with a customer complaint, don't go in there with the complaint. Never do that. Walk into and never tell your customer what you're going to do. Say, listen, I've got a solution for this. Hopefully, I'll be right back. Let me go talk to the manager. And when the customer says, well, what's your solution? Say, I'm sorry, sir, but the solution isn't relevant to you until the, cust- until the store manager says yes, period. That's what you say. And because it's true. And you're not lying. And if the customer doesn't like that, they can complain to the company about it. And then the company will review what you said and realize what you said was correct. And then no one will call you. So remember that line. I'm sorry, sir. My customer service isn't relevant to you. Only the store manager is going to decide on this, on, this, on this one or not. So I'll let him know. And then if he says no, I'll come back to you and, and we'll do a different thing, okay? Okay, go do your thing, young man. Yeah, that, thank you, right? And then you walk into the manager's office and you have a solution immediately because he empowered you to have that solution. And that's when he looks up at you and he says, hey, Lou, you just gave me the solution. I think it's great. Why don't you just do that? Say, hey, man, I just needed your authority. That's all. And he's like, you have it. Okay, done. You go back there and you say, hey, man, my solution worked because it's not the manager's solution. It's yours. And you take ownership of that. (laughs) And then you're the guy that he comes back to and you're the guy that he bothers all the time. And that's the way it works, you know, period, right? So your instincts have to have natural, your employees, excuse me, have to have natural instincts, all right? The behavior of leadership and management towards employees is often incongruent with the customer service initiative. If you treat your employees like crap, guess what? They're going, to entre- they're going to treat customers like crap. There's no reason for them to be nice there. There's no reason for them to be kind. 
You know, so, all right. The employees must be well-skilled and trained to work efficiently and effectively. Training wins the day. So what are the steps to customer service? There are steps in customer service, right? And um, how you deal with those steps in customer service is usually important. And for you as the customer to recognize the steps of customer service, I did this before in how to buy a car, right? When I did my podcast on how to buy a car, I didn't tell you how, you buy, how to buy a car. I told you how a salesman should sell you a car. And that's what you should be looking for. And if you find those things and you know how a salesman is supposed to do his job, I promise you, not only will you buy the car from that salesman, but you will be happy with that entire uh, interaction. Okay? That sale will be a great sale. So, here's step one. Apologize and ask for forgiveness. So, I don't know about that whole ask for forgiveness thing, but I can tell you this. Apologies abound. You must do that. Right? The first words out of your mouth should be, Ma'am, sir, I apologize for this mistake. There is a way to fix it, and we will do so. That's all. Right? You don't have to tell them how that's going to get done. You don't have to stand there and think about it, and you don't have to rely on the company. You have to rely on the leadership of your manager or you have to rely on the authorities that he gave you. And then you can do the whole leadership thing yourself. Okay? So uh, apologize for the failure in a genuine and sincere tone. Don't, don't just make it, oh, man, we're sorry. Sorry about that guy. Sorry about that guy. No. Sorry about that guy is not correct. That's not how we say things. And you don't put a pause after about that either. You don't put a pause there. doesn't sound like sorry about that guy. Nope. We don't do that either. It's not a run-on sentence. Sorry about that guy. That's not how that works. It's, I apologize for that issue. We will work very hard to fix that right now. Give me just a moment. That's it. All right, right, step two. If you know that they're supposed to do that, you should be expecting those words. If they don't give you those words, say, I want to speak to the manager. You are not polite. That's it. And if they go, how have I not been polite? Say, now you're not polite again. (laughs) Right? Because they don't need to know how they're not polite. They should have recognized that because they've been empowered to do so. Okay, so step two, go over the complaint with your customer. Always go through the complaint as you might be missing something. This also helps us to actually understand who's at fault because sometimes the customers may also be wrong or may give false complaint. We can also locate the expectations of the customers after the failure has occurred. All right, no, no, no. You don't go over the complaint with your customer. Not yet, right? Because right? the customer's got to tell you about that. So the second thing should be listening. Right? This assumes that someone was listening. When it says go over the complaint with your customer, that assumes that person behind the counter was listening. And you know they were not. Okay? Right? They're not fully engaged. They're focusing on the crowd around them. In order to fully engage them, you've got to say something different. Okay, you've got to get their attention. All right, so that's the first thing. And, and here's the only thing that that statement said correctly. Um, the customer is not always right, right? Okay, so I teach this in leadership. I teach this in leadership right away. This is the first thing that comes out of my mouth, mouth when I'm teaching retail and training retail people. The customer is not right. You're supposed to be the one that's right. And if you do something wrong, 
the customer is not wrong either. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's how that works. So if a customer knew all about a refrigerator, right, and you were the refrigerator salesman and you didn't know anything about the refrigerator and the customer is selling themselves, then the customer is always right. But if you know more about the refrigerator than the customer, then you're always right and that's all there is to it. If you know the delivery process in the store, you're right about the delivery process if you do it correctly. If you know about the return policy in the store, you're right about the return policy if you do it correctly. What are you wrong about? You're wrong about how the customer feels all the time. That's what you as the employee are wrong about, how the customer feels. And you as the customer are wrong about the company's policies and how that individual has to go about taking care of you. You are wrong. No matter how much you think you're right, no matter how much sense you make, right? The only one that's going to change that is a manager in a retail store. Please don't beat up your salesman. They don't know what the hell is going on. And if they do, right? If they do, and they still made that mistake, I promise you, it was a mistake. Okay. So step three, you got to fix the problem and then follow up. I mean, look, if you fix the problem and then call the customer and ask them how that fix went, right? That's all you've got to do. It's not hard. And, and people, right? If they fix your problem and never follow up, you should know that. And then what you should do is send a note to the company, an email to the company real quick and say, hey, I just want you to know that the guy who fixed my problem never followed up to see if I was okay. Well, I'm okay. Thanks for the half-assed customer service because that's exactly what it is. And if you think you don't have the time to follow up, I'm sorry, get a notebook. You're not telling me anything. I've been doing this for 30 years and I know you can follow up on every single client, period. You just got to put the systems and processes in place to do that. Don't make excuses for, le for shitty leadership. All right, so there's another step here. Document the problem in detail. That is the last step. You don't document the problem before you fix it. You fix the problem, right? Get rid of that issue and then document the issue in an email to a leader above you and say what you did to fix the problem and be truthful so that when the problem arises again or the customer calls up to say they didn't like something you did even though you did everything great, because that happens too, you have an email out there to explain it or you have a letter to explain it or some kind of documentation to do that. Okay? Service, that is what it looks like. Service is protecting your customer and covering your ass. You have to do both, even though it's hard. All right. No, no, look, not every service failure can lead to a great service recovery, okay? That's also something, right? You may have given the best customer service you've ever given anyone in your life. You may have given everything you could to that customer that that customer wanted. And they gave you a zero on your Yelp or your Google, uh, you know, uh, imitations. Right? Impressions. You know, I, once again, I want to tell you that this podcast is live. And when I stumble like that, I'm sorry. But um, stumble, I will do. All right. So not every service failure can lead to a great service recovery. You know, those service impressions that you're getting um, and those zeros that you're getting from people that you gave great customer service to, that's terrible. That's terrible that they didn't recognize the great customer service and stayed mad after it was given to them. I know it is. But you have to account for those and uh, you've got to start learning from them. 
You're not, not going to satisfy everybody, but can you, right? That's the whole thing. You know, what are the factors affecting the service quality? Well, you know what they are. You know what they are. It's laziness, right? And I've been doing this for 30 years, and I'm telling you, it's laziness. Sometimes it's ignorance. Sometimes it's a scared 16-year-old kid, right, that doesn't know how to deal with someone yelling at them. Sometimes that's what it is. But most of the time, it's laziness. What about self-serve, huh? How do you customer service self-serve? That's silly. <laughs> I mean, you, got, you have to customer service yourself at that point, right? I mean, what's the company there for? So in a, if a self-service option is truly preferable, customers should be willing to take on the work for nothing, right? Or even pay for that privilege. That's silly, right? I don't work for you. You know, you're going you're gonna to pay me to use a self-checkout, right? You know, offer me a 2% discount to use a self-checkout. And guess what? I'm using a self-checkout. And you could fire all the employees if you want, right? Because that's where that's going. The theft ratio at the self-checkout is huge. Companies don't seem to care. Maybe that's how they pay you. It's, it's not a discount, right? When you steal from the self-checkout, that's, that's not a discount, okay? I'm <laughs> just saying. Right. Nor should it be an incentive, but it is. All right. But there's a, so there's a, a symbiotic relationship there that 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 has to do with if you make me check out myself and something falls into my cart, I don't really care. Right. So uh, people are slicker than your camera anyway. We know that. So visual evidence of a person swiping is exactly that. Whether or not they use the barcode or not, you know, is what you need to determine if you can. Right. So you can't fool me either. You, do not use math or word salads on your customers, okay? If you're going to use math, it had better be 2 equals 2 divided by 2, which means it's good for me and good for you, right? There are parameters to customer service. Leadership needs to work within those parameters given. If the main parameter is to keep the client and you cannot do that in the, in the parameters that are given, then you should tell these client exactly that because you're the store manager. But you had better be sure or else you will be deemed a weak manager by the company, right? That's a reality. Here's another reality that you have to understand as, as, as the uh, client. Um, you're not very important if the company loses money satisfying you. I'm going to tell you that right now. If I own a company and your answer for my mistake is giving you all your money back and then fixing the problem, your problem is not for me, all right? I mean, I created that problem, then my problem is not for me. Because I won't do that, right? I will fix the problem. I will not give you your money back. If it costs me my business, I will fix your problem. And you will have the satisfaction knowing that my business went down because I screwed up your thing, okay? I will compensate you with future services to keep you returning, hopefully. And I will apologize. But I, I will not be ruined for a mistake that can be fixed by my company no matter what the cost is. And I will fix it until it's fixed, right? Money will not be the promise, will not be the problem. Performance will be. So how do you handle a mad client, right? Like, 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 like you are mad. It's easy. When somebody is mad and all fired up, maybe even a little scary, what do you do in a retail setting? Well, I'll tell you what you do, folks. Here it comes. Here's how you handle. We got like three and a half minutes left, right? Here's how you handle a customer service problem. That's literally how simple it is. I can tell you how to do it right now. And here's the first thing you do. Somebody walks in and they look at you and they say, this, 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 and that, and I am really mad and they are fuming. 
and you say, sir, tell me what happened, right? And they go, I just did. No, no, sir. Tell me exactly what happened. You're mad. Tell me exactly what happened when you got home. Tell me what happened when you used the product. Tell me what happened when you were in the store. Please step over to the side and tell me. And here's why. You're going to let them do that for however long it takes. I don't care if it takes a half an hour. I don't care if a manager's got to come over and interrupt you, right? Because when they do, they're going to screw up the customer service process that you just started. And it's called letting them empty their pockets. Nobody is going to be mad at you if you let them empty their pockets. Let them talk. After a while, you're going to have to cut them off. I know that and you know that. It could take a long time. And if you see that they're still mad while they're rambling, you, you should let them go. But if you see that they're getting madder, you should probably stop them. If you see that they're getting less mad, right, then you should probably stop them. But you've got to wait for one of those two things to happen before you stop them. Period. After you stop them, there's only one thing left for you to say. Sir, I completely understand your problem. Or ma'am, I completely understand your problem. Please give me a few minutes to talk with the manager about it. I may have an idea that can help fix it. While I was listening to you, I, I kind of thought of one that may help fix it. If you let me go to the manager, I'll be back in a few minutes. Is that, is that fair? And my God, if you don't end your sales pitch with, is that fair? You are not selling product. As a matter of fact, you are not selling yourself. Is that fair is the single most important question in retail to a client. Okay? That's the truth. There is no other. Is that fair gets a no or a yes. And most times it gets a yes because what you've said is supposed to be fair. And customer service in the end is no different than life. Customer service and life are exactly the same. You must be fair. Fair wins the game in life and everything else. Are you ready? Thank you, folks, for joining me today on this silly little podcast about retail and how to fix customer service. I enjoyed the time with you.